think we've announced this on the show yet. Ooh, I think you're right. We announced it a little bit on Instagram, but... You can fill them in? Back in January, we found out that we were finalists for the on-air personality and team category for the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. That is a mouthful. Thank you for saying all of that, Mags. I had to take a second. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it feels like forever ago. Like I remember it's been a lot of waiting and I've been anxious this entire time but at the same time it feels like ages ago it was the second week of classes because I was in between classes when I got the email and then I didn't read the email until after I got out of class and every plan that I had for the rest of that day went out the window I think we went and got ice cream we did we went and got ice cream (laughs) we didn't even know our places yet but we we know our places now yeah you want to tell them or should I take it away We got second place and the crowd goes wild. Woo! (laughs) So this past week was actually our spring break and it just so happened that the Michigan Association of Broadcasters Award Luncheon was in the middle of the week and I got to go and accept our award. I cannot believe that we got second place. We're so awesome. And our girl, she didn't even trip on stage, you guys. She looks so good. Ugh. It was really exciting. The entry that we got second place for was from the Ray Parker Jr. episode that we did on Ghostbusters last (laughs) season. So if you want to go back and give that a listen, you'll find out exactly why we won. Because it's official. We have award-winning personalities. Aw, that's right. We do. (laughs) But now that we are back from spring break... We are super excited to continue with the show. And actually, we talked about this a bit last week when we were talking about Mike Posner, but he also had worked a bit with Big Sean. And Big Sean wasn't originally on our radar because when you look up Big Sean's name, like it says that he's born not in Detroit. (laughs) But comes to find out, he moved to Detroit when he was three months old. And as someone who also moved to Michigan when she was like three-ish months old, I like to think that that counts. It counts. It totally counts. (laughs) So without further ado, here's Big Sean. From Mackinac to Motown, from Muskegon to Madonna. I'm Maggie. And I'm Brie. You're listening to The Musical Mitten. It's not a new thing on the show for us to make exceptions for people who weren't born in Michigan. (laughs) Notably one of the hosts. (laughs) I was like, stop staring at me. (laughs) I've lived here within like the first three or four months of my life. You were born in Ohio. It sucks, guys. Also, I'd like to mention, you didn't tell me that. I didn't. Until after we started the show. Like, we were halfway through season one. Because I forget. I genuinely forget that I was born in Ohio. I don't know how I forget, but I do. Because I've lived here my whole life. I don't associate me with Ohio. I just thought it was funny that you did not tell me. (laughs) For the longest time. And I found out, like, halfway through season one. It was never intentional. I just genuinely don't think about it. (laughs) No, valid, but I think it's really funny that you told me like halfway through season one and I was like, what do you mean you're from Ohio? You traitor. <laughs> like, you're I think from you Kalamazoo. actually called me a traitor. I probably did. That sounds yeah. very on brand for me. Like, I, you're from Kalamazoo. Yeah, like, that's a pretty established thing, but we've made like other exceptions as well. Michael Jackson, notably yeah. being from Gary, Indiana. But Motown sound, so you gotta. Exactly. But also, Big Sean was born in California. I think that's why he's never made it on our list of people that we had to talk about because every time like you search like who which different artists are from michigan like he's not one that pops up because he wasn't born here but he's from here like one of your co-hosts he moved to michigan when he was only three months 
that's it. But I also think that sets a record from like how far we've talked about somebody like being born. Yeah. California is a long way away, but he's still considered a Detroit native and rightfully so. I mean, and he gives back to Detroit still, but a little more on that later. And this is very much his home. Like me, it's what he associates with. There was never a before Michigan. And he grew up in the Detroit area, so he really like contributed to that sound specifically in within the hip hop genre. Which is so cool because he was making music around the same time that some of the other greats that we've already mentioned were also making music and getting to collaborate with a lot of them. And I, just the impact he's had has been really cool to watch. But I think how he got his start is the most unique of it all. <laughs> it's probably one of my favorites. It literally reminds me of like, I don't know, like a comedy movie thing where you do battle of the bands, you know? Yeah. It gives me Scott Pilgrim vibes where you battle the bands. But instead, it's rap battles in high school. According to the Metro Times, he did rap battles in high school for a radio station, WHTD. I don't even think he was quite in high school yet. Was he not? He just did high school battle of the bands? Well, no, because he, like, kept doing it, but he started when he was, like, 12. Oh, my gosh. Metro Times. I must have missed that. I just saw the high school thing and was like, high school, battle the bands. Somebody who lived in his neighborhood who would mentor kids, like, noticed him when he was 12 and how he would, like, put words together, basically, and convinced him to join a local rap group, basically. That's impressive. That... Also, it was this guy's cousins were involved. Like, that's kind of how this all links together. And then when he was in high school, he started doing these rap battles and, like, basically competing that's to be on air. So cool. I swear, it really does give me Battle of the Band cheesy comedy movie vibes. But I really love that it's his real life story. And it's so impressive that he started when he was 12. Like, I thought it was cool enough that he started in high school, but apparently 12, like, I cannot imagine doing something that well in middle school. I was not that particularly good at anything in middle school. (laughs) Yeah, and he wasn't even doing it by himself either, which I think is really cool. Because when he was in middle school, he was working with the people that he met at this rap group. Yeah. And then in high school, he went to Cass Technical High School. Yep. He started working with a rapper named Pat, Patrick Williams. Mm -hmm. They started working together and like that's when the radio station comes into play. Ah. However, they didn't continue to perform together the whole time. They were regulars at the station. Like I will say that. Like they were definitely like partners in this. But then he got a chance to perform for Kanye West. Oh yes. Okay. I remember this. He what was it? He had 16 bars to impress him with. 16. Yeah, that was it. it. (laughs) And apparently it took two years to get his official attention and that record deal, but he did impress him enough to get his foot in the door. Yeah. And continued working like with Kanye's label. Yeah. Until like just recently. For reasons. He didn't continue working with him, but he got a start on good music two years after impressing Kanye. When he did impress Kanye, they just wanted to sign Big Sean. Like, they did not want to sign Pat with him. This really does feel more and more like a movie the more we talk. Like, the dramatic, I don't know if it was his best friend, but you know what I mean? Like, that tragic, oh, my bestie and I can't do it together. It's just me. But they they did have a deal that, like, if one of them were to achieve that success, then it would be like... No hard feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that they should go off and be successful. 
and not insist on continuing <laughs> to perform together, right? Right. Just me or, or the two of us or no one. <laughs> and I kind of love that. I like that. Yeah, they were obviously young. They're still in high school or had just graduated based on like it taking two years to get the official signing. But to be mature enough to accept like, hey, if something good happens to you, I want you to take it and not be jealous or selfish about it. And I think that's really cool. But from the success... Despite graduating high school with a 3.7, he ended up turning down a full ride to Michigan State University. I learned that and lost my mind. <laughs> okay, I've never wanted to go to a state school. No. Like, that was that was not in the cards for me. I knew that. I knew that I would be overwhelmed. If somebody offered me a full ride. To anywhere I'm going. Yeah, to anywhere. But, like, MSU specifically? Yeah. I'd go. I feel overwhelmed, like you said. I love the small town, like, small college vibe for me. It's the best. But yeah, I would go. Free money for education is free money for education. And I'm gonna work it the most I can. And to pass that up? Ugh. He is brave. Like, to, I feel like he just knew he was gonna make it. And that feeling made him brave enough to just pursue what he wanted to pursue and take chances and risks that I don't necessarily think I would have been brave enough to do, but... <laughs> I mean, if you know if you know it's gonna work, I guess you know it's gonna work. I've never been one of those people. <laughs> I learned this from an interview that Big Sean did with Complex, and he was really he was talking about his mom when he was talking about this, which I think is so sweet. <laughs> but like most people, most parents in particular, I think would see that full ride. <laughs> yeah. And be like, you're going to college. Like, no care. question. Right. Like, you're not giving up all this money. All this education. To pursue music. Yeah, no. No way. But his mom was so supportive. <laughs> Him and his mom are, like, honestly super cute. In every article or interview that I've seen about or with the two of them, their relationship is just really sweet. I love it. He even describes himself as a mama's boy. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. I'm not surprised based on what I've seen, but, like, it's... Sweet to hear him that he's self-described himself as a mama's boy. She's come with him to events to meet President Obama back when he was in <laughs> office. Like, really and truly, like, they're so close and you can tell and I love it. Some of his family, like, did give him some pushback on that. Like, grandparents, I think, in particular were... Absolutely. Like, I can oh imagine. Oh my god, you gave up a full ride to MSU. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and like... I like your grandma voice. Thank you. <laughs> but as you can imagine... Going through kind of making that big decision, it takes a lot. Like I feel like I would be anxious, scared, whatever. And it just seems like his mom has really had his back with his mental health it, overall. I think you could say it's fair. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that I will say is that his attitude surrounding mental health is like fantastic. Like, he's very open about his mental health issues. He's not... I feel like a lot of celebrities that you see talking about mental health, like, there's always, like, an edge of, like, oh, is this for some sort of campaign? Is this for a fundraiser? Oh, yeah. But, like, with him, it feels very organic. And even more so that this relationship that we've mentioned with his mom, like, kind of... To piggyback off that, sorry. <laughs> he took it a step further than just being open and honest about his mental health. And when he established his Sean Anderson Foundation, one of the major things he wanted to commit to doing was talking about mental health for like 
kids especially, but all people really. And so to do this, he actually created a mental health series with his mom. And they both get like, yeah, it's like this mini series where they talk about mental health challenges and like ways of overcoming it. I found this on Essence, by the way, there's an article, but it was just really interesting that the two of them have had this really close relationship. He's been brave enough to be very open with his mental health. And then when he creates this foundation, one of the very first big things that he's wanted to do was to have talks with his mom for other people's benefits about mental health. To go back a little bit, the Sean Anderson Foundation actually started in 2012, but it was a response to the 2011 Flint water crisis. He saw what was going on. Detroit was still like near and dear to him. And so he sent out a tweet basically asking, what can I do to help? And then eventually sent $10,000 to support like the cause and getting clean water to the residents. And then as a result, about, I don't even want to say a whole year later, but sometime in May of 2012, he officially started this foundation and he has helped raise over $100,000 for the Flint water crisis. And he's also given back to his alma mater, like the high school. He donated a recording studio and there's just a bunch of other little things, but like he's donated so much back to this community because he very much does love Detroit. He is 1000% his home. It's everything. But I just thought it was really interesting that he's still to this day, very active with giving back. I love that you mention all of that because Detroit loves him too. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Like he was given the key to the city back in 2017 and it was covered a bit in the Detroit news and it's such an honor to be given a key to the city, right? Oh yeah. This particular mayor had given the key to the city to three people. Only three people? All of whom artists. Heck yeah. Stevie Wonder. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Barry Gordy. Also makes sense. And Big Sean. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's huge. And Big Sean is the youngest. And it was pretty much because of all of the support from his foundation. Yes. That the city honored him for it. And I just, I love that. I just love the relationship. Like he may not have been born there. And see, that just goes to show you could be from anywhere. And Michigan will accept you like you're one of their own. Here on the Musical Mitten, we really like trivia. However, we also have a tendency to talk forever about the things that really interest us. In an effort to solve this issue, we are giving ourselves exactly one minute. Wherever we are when the timer goes off, we have to stop. Mid-sentence, mid-word, mid-chaos. That's it. So, without further ado, welcome to the Mitten Minute. Ready, set, go. Earlier this episode, we've mentioned the Sean Anderson Foundation, and we might touch back on that a little bit more later. But I'm curious, what other famous but non-singer people have been associated with it? Okay, so I found an article from Thanksgiving a few years ago on Hot New Hip Hop, Mm -hmm. and there was a basketball player, Gary Payton. That's one. A boxer. 30 seconds. Tommy Hearns. (laughs) Tommy Hearns. And actress Leah Jeffries. Ooh, and can you share why Leah Jeffries might be a little extra cool? So this might be a new name to some people, but she is an up-and-coming actress. If you've ever read the Percy Jackson books or seen the movies, Guilty. Well, you might <laughs> you might know that they're coming out with a new television series based on the books, and she is going to be the new Annabeth Chase, and I am psyched. I can't wait to binge watch it. I'm so excited, and time. You've been listening to The Musical Mitten. I'm Maggie. And I'm Bree. The Musical Mitten is a radio show turned podcast that started on WOCR 89.1 The One, Olivet College's own FCC licensed radio station in the fall of 2021. Our show explores Michigan music, which means we get to talk about the past and present of the state's music. 
In doing so, we've been able to meet artists from all across the state. If you want to get involved, please feel free to fill out the forms listed at the bottom of our website at themusicalmitten.com. I think one really big reason that we started this podcast was because we have a lot of love for Michigan. Absolutely. And it's so special that we get to talk about all of these artists, both big and small. Right now we're talking about Big Sean, but here's the thing is there are so many artists, specifically from the Detroit area, that I think are just so influential. And I love that in cases like these, a lot of times they get to work together and really influence each other. So my favorite project that has sort of, or one of my favorite projects that has like really resulted from this relationship between Detroit and its artists is Detroit versus Everybody. And if you're familiar, there is a clothing line Mm -hmm. that is Detroit versus Everybody. And the clothing line is what came first. You can go to versuseverybody.com and they have their story readily available and it's all about pride and just love for Detroit. I'm so tempted to get some of it too because it really feels like it fits with like our motive of starting that whole Detroit pride. (laughs) Like, Well, maybe not Detroit specifically for us, but like Michigan pride. The clothing line was designed by Tommy Walker, who is, as it is listed on the website, a self-professed commissioned artist, brand manager, and creative problem solver. And I love that so much, first of all. Thank you. I was like, that is an impressive title. Like, yes. (laughs) And it's such a thing to be proud of and especially channeling it into this project to be so proud of Detroit. But the name or like the mantra really was licensed to Eminem. Ah, see, I thought that's where we were going here. We've talked about Eminem before, also from Michigan. Incredible (laughs) rapper, like super prolific. And he started on this project and he worked with... Big Sean, with Royce to 5'9", with Danny Brown, with Dej Loaf, and with Trick Trick. Ooh, I'm impressed you got all that out that fast, and you didn't even... this. That was the first take, guys. First take. I'm impressed. Let's go. I would have fumbled over every single one of those, just because I do that with any name. But if you listen to this song, it's so cool. This is so cool. Here's the thing. This is the thing that I rabbit hold about. It was more the music video than the actual song. Because I can tell you the artist, I can tell you the purpose of the song, I can tell you about the clothing line that inspired it. Yeah. But the music video? So cool. Basically, what it is, is it's shot in black and white all around Detroit. Ah, yes! I love when it's actually like, I don't know how to explain it, but like when they actually incorporate the things that they're singing or talking about, chef's kiss. So the Detroit News covered this in 2015, right around when the music video came out. Every artist is filmed in a different location. Ooh, okay. But are they like iconic Detroit locations? Yes. Ah! Masonic Temple. Oh my gosh, I've been so many concerts there. Ford Field. Also great. Joe Louis Arena. Mm-hmm. And Comerica Park. Oh my gosh. On top of like some other like just places that would be considered Detroit stables like Coney Islands and places like that. (laughs) Some like dilapidated buildings, like really just getting to the core of what Detroit is from these huge venues and... Now I can see why you rabbit holes. I was like, boarding arenas. Yeah. I was like, I did the research and I know what's your t- what you're talking about, but I hadn't looked into the specifics of the music video. I just stumbled on that when I was looking like more into the clothing line. And I was like, wait a whole oh. minute. Wait a whole entire minute. <laughs> this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm going to have to go home and watch it. 
all Michigan creators, too. Some of which we've talked about, some of which we haven't. And if they're not on our giant, ever-growing document, they're about to be. be. (laughs) But, like, it's not new for Big Sean to collaborate with other artists, like, in any capacity. He's collaborated with Eminem before. He's collaborated with Royce to 5'9 before. Well, we've talked about him with Posner before. Yeah, that too. Like, Posner like, wasn't even involved in this project. No. And he's definitely, like, collaborated with him. Like, they were so friends. Funny. I feel like that just speaks, like, so much to the interconnectedness of the music community, even outside of Michigan, oh, in yeah. some cases. Like, Justin Bieber, Janae, Iko. But I think it's really cool because, yeah, even since the beginning of his work musically, and we try not to like talk too much about that because stuff like you guys can see from like very little work. But even from his first album, like he worked with so many other artists who were weren't from Michigan. Yeah. And his mixtapes are so special. And I love his attitude around music. Earlier this episode, I mentioned an interview that Big Sean did with Complex where he talks a little bit some of his music and this is where I think his attitude with collaboration is so interesting and I kind of love it actually because when you think about a feature on a song or like when an artist you don't typically see working with another artist like being involved on a song sometimes it feels unnecessary mm-hmm. right yeah I get that like it didn't need to be there the song could have just existed on its own yep like the two of them being together with kind of forced his thought around this is he doesn't want to add something unnecessary or if a feature doesn't add anything to a song why would it be on a song mm-hmm. and that's what I, I think is so unique I, was say, I really respect that because i i feel like there are a lot of times where people will work together for the sake of saying that they work together and for like the amount of excitement people will build for it but it doesn't always work the best or it doesn't always convey the best story or like you know do the best thing for the music and i think it's cool that he doesn't waste a lot of time doing Yeah, and like with the features that he does have, which he works with a lot of people all the time, the ones that he has like have some sort of a meaning to him. They add something to the song and they don't feel unnecessary. And listening to his music, that absolutely shines through. Even to the Detroit versus everybody with so many people collaborating on one song, they're all needed pieces of that puzzle. That's such a cool way to think about that too. Like now that you've explained that he thinks that way about things, it just makes me even more excited to like delve into the Detroit versus everybody music itself and like really listen to each piece as you put it. I love it. I love (laughs) I love his music. I really do. I'm not a hip hop person. I never have been. I we've talked about this in prior episodes. I'm somebody who listens to music for a beat more than I listen to the lyrics. And with hip hop, for some reason, I don't I've never really clicked with the beat as much as I do with other music. But the other part of that is I think you have to listen to the lyrics That's with rap. Right. Because there's something deeper to it. Right. Like without the lyrics, you're kind of missing something in the music as a whole. Like it's hard to just enjoy the beat. That I feel and this I could be totally wrong and just uneducated. But I feel like the beats are usually a little bit more repetitive in rap because the words matter so much more that they're not like focused on getting creative with like the different rhythms and stuff in the back. There's a reason for that. Awesome. Yes. Okay, cool. So rap is really considered to be poetry. Oh, absolutely. I can like, see that. It's more recognized in recent years, but it's very much a thing. 
<laughs> and people don't love to recognize this sometimes because there's an element of racism to it. There's an element of classism to it, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. But you see a lot of interconnection with hip hop and rap versus poetry. And really, they go hand in hand. And the New York Times has an absolutely fascinating article about this from a couple of years ago where they talk about that interconnectedness and how oftentimes they influence each other and that rhythm that beat the underlying message and how it connects with the words is something that connects the two but it's not the most obvious connection because rap you're connecting it the beat is there physically with the music it is something tangible it is something that you can hear and it's something that more obviously connects the words and it's more linked Whereas with poetry, sometimes it's more inferred. Yeah. That it's something under. You have to like create that rhythm and beat with like the way you phrase yourself instead of having that backup of the rhythm of the actual bass drum or whatever they're using. Because I am a lyrics person. So for me, hip hop is like actually pretty cool when I actually take the time to sit down and get out of my comfort zone to listen to it. Because usually I'll find stories within some of them that are really relatable or just really cool to listen to or yeah, so. Yeah. And ah, it's so special. It's so special. It really is. And before we listen to this episode, I have a habit of, or at least I try to listen to the music of the artist before we start recording these episodes. And actually having to sit down and listen through his music was, it's, there's so much feeling there. And like, you can definitely like hear the beat. And in a lot of his stuff, he, he talks about Detroit and his yes. love for the state, for the city. And I d- it's so obvious that it's poetry when you're really getting down to it and listening to it. But it's all art at the end of the day. And like, that's just so fantastic. And oh, everything he's done. <laughs> oh, amazing. I just love it. I, there's, there's something really special about episodes where we get to find new favorites. Because it's not even like just the music. It's the Sean Anderson Foundation. Thank it's... you. I was going to say, and it's more than just the creation of art in a musical sense, but the creation of art in the way that he's helped people throughout his whole life. The way that he supports mental health, the way that he talks about that, his foundation. He's done more than that, too. He's done acting. He's mm, worked mm-hmm. with the Pistons. You don't always think about basketball when it comes to music. I feel like those are two things that you typically see like very separate, and he's brought those together. And let's be honest... Isn't that what Detroit kind of is? Thank you so much for tuning in. If you want more, check out our Instagram and Twitter at The Musical MI for announcements, events, and behind-the-scenes content. All of our past episodes, radio show, and podcast are on our website at themusicalmitten.com. Again, that's T-H-E-M-U-S-I-C-A-L-M-I-T-T-E-N dot C-O-M. We'll keep you posted on what's happening next here on The Musical Mitten. 